Hello and welcome to episode 13. 13 of Podcast DeVito, a Big Brother podcast. If you're new to the show, we recap, discuss, and analyze the three most recent episodes of Big Brother All-Star. Uh, for today, I'm your host, Terrence, and this is my brother, Owen. Howdy, howdy. <laughs> so I'm laughing because obviously Brendan is the typical host, and Terrence gets going, and once he says today's episode, just a look of bewilderment <laughs> across his you face. You could have told me anything between <laughs> like 6 and 40, and I would have <laughs> believed you. That's the way this season feels. <laughs> Well, anyway, um, yeah, I think we did like I don't know. Well, let's let's do a, a quick armchair intro. Uh, what, what what should we grade that intro? That was a C plus. I'm gonna give myself the benefit of that and go to B minus. I could say B minus because it was on the right track. We got the laugh out of it, but it was a laugh at like the expense of the intro. Yeah, okay, it's endearing. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, so. We have three episodes to recap tonight, uh, Sundays, Wednesdays, and tonight's Thursdays, and I don't think we should hold up any longer. Let's get right into it with our first segment, hashtag, but first. Um, so we're at Sunday's episode, and we have the HOH comp. Uh, it was one of the uh, ones that wasn't an endurance one, but one that we don't find out about during the Thursday night eviction episode. Basically, they just like took too long. That's what I assume when they do something like that. Like, how long could this puzzle have taken? I, I don't think it could have taken longer than, like, 10 minutes. Yeah. And it got me thinking, what do you think about these eviction nights where, like, the new thing is interviewing the house guests after the break and, like, giving them, like, a full five-minute interview? Um, I would like it if Julie was a better interviewer, I say quietly. <laughs> yeah, and... I don't know what's changed, but I don't feel like she struggled as an interviewer as much as she has this season. Maybe yeah. it's just like how sensitive everything is right now, or I don't know, but something's I, off. I don't know what it is, and I don't know if you can attribute like everything going on to it, because even times like in tonight's episode, she just like doesn't roll with the flow. I mean, she sounds like us trying to do an intro to this pod. Yes, exactly. Which, <laughs> and that's not a good thing. I literally thought that tonight when she was doing her interview, I was like, oh my God, like, that's kind of that's how we would sound. So, yeah. I think we can call it the Julie Chen era, which is is past us. Now we're in the JC Moonbez era. Yeah, it is a different phase of her yeah, career, unfortunately. Um, anyway, HOH competition. You need they needed to uh, assemble a fire hydrant uh, out of a bunch of blocks. And what was fascinating to me here was how few people seem to understand the shape of a fire hydrant. I would have been looking. Because the entire time while they were doing it, I was just looking at the model fire hydrants that were near where the button was. I would be mm. basing it off of that, Smart. of like, this has to be the exact type of fire hydrant they want me to make. Are there different types of fire hydrants? Well, I, there's Is like a regional shapes. thing? Okay. Uh, I, I don't know regional-wise, but it, you would get a better sense of the dimensions that you're going for. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, a few people are, are having some success here. Um, and it's, it's worth noting that Danny's not playing and we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but she decides not to use a disruptor power. And I found her reasoning for that to be this one's replay. Kind of. Oh yeah. I call all of them the disruptor power for some reason. (laughs) It's like calling them a power app. Um, she decides not to use replay. And do you recall exactly why she said Um, I was dumbfounded by this? I do not recall why. So she basically said that she just wants to fall back and just continue to like stir up drama 
and doesn't want to use it because she feels like it would draw attention to herself. One, I think that's a little bit crazy because it's too late. It, it's too late in the game at this point to like just be relying on that as your strategy as opposed to making like tangible moves that give you more chances to win things. And two, um, is the identity identity revealed? It, I don't. Of, of I don't understand. It. Like, could, couldn't it theoretically be someone else in their alliance that played it? Well, yeah. Or would but it then be similar like to the David, David nonsense? Yeah. Okay. Um, Fair enough. I'm not sure if I agree with her or not. Because if you want to win this specific season, it seems like the way to go is fade back, let someone else make a mistake or do something for you. And if you're not actively playing the game, then you're playing the game better than most people, I guess. Yeah. And it's, that's a strategy that we tend to advocate for when you are like one of the one or two people trying to do it. And then you, you know, turn on the jets yeah. later in the game, but it definitely, you know, feels a lot different we, when everyone's we doing advocate it. for like playing possum till you need to. This season is different. This is like, I don't want to look someone in the eyes and like, say something bad to them. Yeah, because more so than almost in any season this year, I feel like any word you say in this house is like currency in this game that can totally be manipulated against you. Yep. Uh to the point where like, you know, talking about how Davon talking about how she's uh, aligned with B- Bailey, which is the most obvious thing in the world, becomes Bailey's ticket home. Yeah. Just because it was said out loud, even though it's the most obvious thing in the world. Uh, and I feel like a lot of that stems from Cody who, the more I am watching him, I think it's, it's effective gameplay that he's using, but I'm all of a sudden having these flashbacks. I'm remembering, um, Derek's game and this is what he did. And it was novel back then where like, basically like, Oh, you know, basically control your reactions to things. Like don't give away anything take any little like thing that they give you and just like twist it the best way you can and, and use it to your advantage, but don't rock the boat whatsoever. He's doing a great job of it, but to me, I'm watching it and it feels so calculated and like a kind of like a Derek impression. Yeah. Uh, it's driving me crazy. I feel like the committee is the microcosm of like how fascism comes to exist <laughs> because all they do is they just stay on message. They just stay on message and they, get the next person that is not one of their numbers. I can't think of any historical or actually I can't think of any modern equivalents or of anything that's happening, but um, yeah, I think you're on to something. Yeah. Um, so, uh, sorry, I'm going off topic again. It doesn't matter. We're, we're in the HOH. So they're building a fire hydrant. Yeah. They're building, they're building a fire hydrant. We kind of need Brennan to keep us on track. I've been thinking about my conspiracy theory from last week. Okay. And, um, Evil Dick, a few hours after we recorded, actually tweeted something along the same lines. I don't know who brought so it to attention. confirmed listener. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if the pot was up yet, but still, uh, I, I thought that, okay, yeah, we're on the right track with something here. I didn't understand the whole time why, uh, how did Derek and Dan play into this? And we've been saying Der- uh, Dan gave Memphis's number out to everyone, but... It is so clear to me that Cody was completely coached by Derek and Memphis was completely coached by Dan because we'll talk about these in more detail. In the last episode, Memphis eventually wins this HOH competition and he has 
frankly, some the one thing I'll give Memphis some unique and interesting ideas in how to align himself and play towards the end game. Mm-hmm. The way he has structured alliances is probably the most interesting like take on alliances that we've seen in a little bit. And it just seems too coordinated. And it's like all these things were sort of planned ahead of time. And I, now it's all making so much more sense. That's how, that is how this pregame alliance was formed. It was formed through those two guys and their, and the connection forged. I, I, maybe, maybe they were put in, in place to connect by Derek and Dan. I don't know. Yeah. But does that make any sense? Or I, crazy? I, th- I think it makes total sense. Um, I started laughing off mic there because this is off topic, but we talked last episode about like Instagram ads and then me and Brendan talked about like those massage gun things. I have a confession. I got one after the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I, I had no idea where you were going. Yeah. Um, Is it here? Yeah, it is here. Um, I could use one of those. Yeah, Does it's, it work? it's pretty nice. I didn't go. I mentioned the Theragun. That's like the high class. Guess how much that is? Uh, $149. $600. Holy shit. Um, I got this Amazon one that had good reviews, but I didn't go blind Amazon because you can't do that if you're doing something like this. I've read like a blog post. Okay. Uh, 130 Pretty good. I'm, that wasn't I, too I far think, off. Yeah, I think it was a worthy investment. Would it help my sciatic nerve, which has been really one hundred percent kicking look. it this yeah. this past week? Okay. Yeah, cool. I got it because I also have a sciatic problem. So there you go. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Memphis, <laughs> Memphis. Um, <laughs> we're gonna get more into it. My only take on that is yes, I think the coaching did happen. Cody is the much better pupil, just because Memphis is technically he's hitting the right beats. He's just so unlikable. He's so unlikable that he can't win the game. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great point. Well, I was going to mention this later on, but now is as good a time as any. He just seems to have complete tunnel vision, and he's been allowed to get away with that because he's kind of just fallen under the radar somehow, even if, after that awful first HOH. He seems to have his set plan in his mind and he's presenting it as his own. Let's say it is. Maybe it was influenced by Dan. Um, And he's like, here's my mastermind plan. And that's all he's been sitting in the backyard thinking about all damn summer. And he's barely paying attention to what's going on in the game, except when someone comes and tries to defy him and then he needs to like shut them down. Well, he's such a narcissist that he thinks it's working perfectly. That's a much better way of putting it. Um, and the conversations he has with Tyler, I, I think sort of illuminate that a little bit, but we'll get to that later. Um, so we were way, way off track here. We should just get back to it. Um, the HOH competition, Memphis wins. Memphis wins. David was in competition. If I remember. Yeah. Correctly. I think he, he showed well, but you know, he's David. Yeah. He's- I mean, at this point I'm rooting for him. So, Oh really? Who else? The meow meow. I mean, I guess, but as I got disillusioned by the meow meow when he won HOH, and it's like, okay, I'm kind of, I'm kind of over this right now. But if if he's doing that while it pisses us off, isn't that the superior strategy to this point? Maybe, maybe I could root for Vincenzo to win, but not the meow meow. <laughs> That's an important distinction. Yeah, I like that. Um, 
So Memphis wins, and we're still dealing in the house with the fallout from the eviction. Uh, so it becomes clear to us, and, and we knew this, obviously, that Snake Cole went back on her word and voted out Tyler. But she knew she was going to do this, and it was a really beautiful frame job on David because um, he had said, oh, yeah, I'll vote I'll vote to keep Ian making the vote 4-4, four to four, and that will then force Danny's hand. That's the thing I'm most interested in, making her make a play. Um, and so first of all, what do you think about that? Was that, I mean, clearly wasn't smart on his part, but like, what do you think you'd be doing in that situation? I, I'm assuming I'm on that side that is, has been much maligned this season. I think that's the exact right play. What else are you going to do? That's true. 100% true. But I'll go back to what I said about anything you say being currency that can be used against you. And that is I think the difference in the all-star season you know that's a that's a, a hanging curveball to Danny it's like oh you gave me this okay well now I have time to react to it and we're gonna flip this on you so quick you're not even gonna, gonna know it hit you yeah and it worked perfectly because there's already doubt as to whether David would follow through with it so once one vote didn't come through he was just the obvious suspect and when it comes to like the word being currency thing, I just don't know if that's as much of an issue if there isn't this this power alliance that we talk about that Kaser video earlier in the season where it's like they're just going to find their way. They're just going to find their mm, way to blame it on you. Great callback. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, it's a combination of that. Because you're right. They would, tw- they would figure out a way to twist it even if he didn't give them that. And um, even if he didn't make it so that his word actually didn't mean a ton based on his kind of nonsensical gameplay leading up to that, based on his stupid lie with the disruptor power. Yeah. So he kind of he kind of made his own bed. And that, I'm, that's why I'm actually not um, I don't have any ill feeling to, feelings towards Danny for kind of orchestrating this. I, I get it. She gave it to him, and yeah. like it's just a savvy play. I, I think it's a savvy play. It's just really tough to root for the Patriots. Yeah, and, and that's absolutely true. I mean, I, I'm not psyched that it happened, um, especially because Nicole, you know, skates by. And she's – have you have you noticed that she's the one who – she's like the weak point in that alliance, and she doesn't realize this. And I'm not even sure she was the weak point to begin with. I think the be- – beginning of the game she found herself right in the center with cody right mm-hmm. i feel like it's within an alliance she's just falling further and further down because has anyone else shown any cracks she's the only one who ever brings back hey what if we do this that's outside of the best interests of our alliance what if you know so basically she's and then you know memphis shuts her down yeah um but she's the only one who shows that she's willing to crack don't you think that once it comes down to the final six, let's say you you did it, the the committee got you to the final six, you win, oh wait, you're the first one going. Do you think she realizes that? I don't think so, and I guess the only other person you could put into that is Danny. She's the only other one uh, because we know we know what is in Danny's blood, and she wishes she was playing the real game right now but instead she's playing the game that is like currently constructed and she's cracked a few too many times so once once kevin and david are put on the block here 
it's then going to be Nicole next to the leftover, and then it's going to be Nicole next to Danny because they're just going to keep going in the line. I agree. I really wish that they had figured that out before the vote to send Ian home because they actually had the numbers to flip it, and it was the only chance that those two had at a power play. If they did that, all of a sudden, my I'm singing a different tune on, on the two of them as a group. Oh, yeah, 100%. And specifically, I'm probably kind of rooting for Danny. I still don't love Nicole, but I would respect that move a lot because you're actually giving yourself a chance. Yeah. Um, and I think we talked last episode that because she took the half step against the committee and didn't follow through with it, it's, there's just zero chance now. Because oh, yeah. she already showed the weakness but didn't follow through. Well, in essence, the half steps end up being steps backwards. Exactly. They, it's not like you're actually gaining anything. If you don't take a full step, you know, the classic, you know, if you're going to swing, better not miss. I mean, it's just it's just so tried and true. And when you have such a distinct power building against you, you got to bring something, something better than that. Yeah. Um. So, you know, Owen already alluded to it. Um, Memphis ends up nominating um, Kevin and Davon because, you know, who else does he have to nominate? Um, that's incredibly obvious. Um, he kept it secret the whole week. Yeah, well, he's he's savvy like that. Yeah. And um, but what's in, what's interesting here is that his real target is David because he is hell. He he has something really against David. Um, you know, you can go check out TMZ and maybe see what what has what's going on there. But yeah, um, he really doesn't like David. And wants to backdoor him because David's such a powerful player that you need to backdoor him. Um, and uh, it's um, what I found interesting was he ends up making a quote unquote deal with David beforehand to keep him off the block with the caveat that um, if I keep you off the block here, you're either not going to play as hard as you can in this veto, or if you win it, you are not going to use. Uh, actually, I don't think he. I think he basically said, "Don't play the veto because yeah. if you, I mean, he doesn't want him to win." Obviously, yeah, he did. Um, classic Memphis being a narcissist. He wants to be David's savior, and he wants to act like he's the big businessman behind the scenes making deals. And that's all I read into that. Yeah, because even even the way he talks, he like he thinks he has such command over a room. Oh, and it's incredible. he just bleeds charisma. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, it's it's clear that, you know, unfortunately, it probably in a lot of rooms that he's in, he does have that sway because it, he tries to carry over to the Big Brother house. And I, I, I think I read, it might have been a live feed tweet. I've kind of pulled off the live feeds a bit because it's just, Same. it's like I, it's, misery porn at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, Something along the lines of like he basically like holds court and mansplains all the time. So it just I, seems like his MO, whether he's in power or not. We may have seen the same tweet. Um the the two accounts I go to anyway for live feed stuff would be the BB Daily updates. They're yep. their quotes. That's what I followed. And then Hamster Watch. Hamster Watch. Yeah. And Hamster Watch tweeted Memphis claims to have never heard of mansplaining. Shocker. Yeah. Hamster Watch editorializes and I like it. Yeah, that's it's kind of like a a mix of what we try and do on the pod here. Tell yeah. you what happened and talk about it. Yeah, no, that that's good, but I I can't follow it. I I do what you said now, and I just go look for it when I want it, mm. and I scroll through and see if I missed anything that day. But 
you know, there's a reason we haven't been potting on Sundays. It's not something that we're yeah, and really reveling in. I was thinking, I thought this Sunday episode was at least somewhat interesting. It was. Maybe a pod could have happened, but we committed to like, oh, uh, if a committee member wins, we're not doing it. I think the Sundays are just dead. Uh, especially for the time being, they might be. Um, especially, and also Brendan won't be able to be on that for like an extra week, another so. week or two. And also, we have a triple eviction coming up, so all of a sudden we're gonna be down to like seven. Yeah. So, you know, just just a little bit of we're killing peak, Sunday. A peek it's behind done. the curtains. You know, I'd rather watch football. Oh, same. same. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, he, he nominates Kevin and Davon, and you know, the world as, as the world turns, or whatever the expression is there. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> um, oh, the only other little note I have from this episode: Cody and Christmas handled being have nots very maturely. I completely forgot that this happened. I guess I'm just not gonna eat then. Yeah, <laughs> Cody seems like such a fun guy. I think I would really love hanging out with him. Yeah, and then Christmas is Satan incarnate. <laughs> yeah, so maybe okay. She came into the season. Uh, I forget what, what's the website you check the like the house well, guest rankings. Well, it, it it is from the BB Daily updates. Gotcha. They ha- they run a poll. Cool. So um, apparently, people knew this before, and and yeah, maybe I missed some stuff on live feeds. I, clearly, I did. Uh, Christmas came into the house or into the season as the 16th most popular house guest. And I, I really didn't have any crazy thoughts against her. Her edit on her season was fine for the most part. And we were not in tune with live feeds at all. Exactly. So I thought, okay, yeah, whatever. She's fine. Uh, maybe she can win. She's got like a decent personality. seems like she can back it up with a little bit of competition winning. Yada, yada, yada. Doesn't have a broken foot. This doesn't have a broken foot yet. Uh, (laughs) you measure her just like on Enzo's back in the backyard, just falls and breaks her foot again. That would be insane. (laughs) Wow. That would be like, we're truly living in a simulation. Yeah. Um, but I'm still not going to back off of the, the statement that she could win. Uh, I, and I have we have reasons for that probably based on these episodes. Oh, can I say this is a controversial thing? But it. uh, it's something Memphis said to her that basically alludes to him being racist. Uh, he was talking to her and was like, "Yeah, and I, I would like rather you uh end up next to someone like me than than someone like Davon, you know, with the whole single mom thing." And then he was like. Well, you're a single mom too, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. He actually said that? Yeah. You know, he he's awful. I I can't believe we're just going to watch this guy get the final two no matter what. Yeah. Oh god. Okay. Anyway, on the Wednesday's episode, um Memphis, you know, makes it clear to everyone he's targeting a David backdoor. Yes, and the way he makes it clear is he gets them all in a room and he tells them, you're all going to throw this and I'm going to backdoor David. And I don't think he said it at this point. I think he said it to Tyler later on. Yeah, I actually want to win it too so that I can personally send David out the door. Can you imagine if you're just like this random Joe Schmo, you're like 19 years old, dropped out of college, you're working at like a Jack in the Box in Pine Bluffs, Arkansas. And Memphis comes in, and Memphis owns this this franchise, and he calls you in the back, the whole team meeting, just so he can berate you guys. 
that's basically what he did here. <laughs> it is, I I said it on the episode that I did with Brendan and Waffles. He he is the exact kind of guy where, like, you would have your other manager at your restaurant because he owns multiple, and your manager would like kind of say quietly to you, like, just so you know, like Memphis is coming in today, so like just be on your best behavior and it would just be like oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) now i gotta deal with this asshole yeah he's yeah well he's the opposite of that show what was the show where like the big corporation bosses would like dress up as undercover boss undercover boss it's the exact opposite of that yeah he he's the boss he wants you to know it. he's gonna berate you and he'll like come over your shoulder and tell you how like a blt is made or like how you should be shaking the fryer baskets yes Oh, God. I love this guy. He's the best. <laughs> um, anyway, he's targeting David because David is such a huge threat and not because Memphis just hates David. I guess if if we want to give any game credence for it, the idea of, well, I think David's coming after me is the only justification, like well, actual game justification. And, and that's been the rhetoric all season, right? Yeah. Like, oh, well, they're coming for me or they're, you know. That's been how all this stuff has been justified. No matter there, there's been give, there's been no consideration given to the actual legitimacy or um, like level of the threat. For us, we're like, oh yeah, he's coming after you. Congratulations! Like, what does that even matter? But for them, that's all that matters because it's it's word word is currency, yeah. right? It's it's what what do I need to do to what did you give me that I can manipulate into justifying my move? I think he's probably right in that uh, David would take a shot at him. Although maybe not. David could, his opinion could be shifted with the wind. So true, true, true. But once again, I'm going to get back to, is he really worried about that? Like, what are the chances that David is going to get in power and all of a sudden Memphis is in trouble? Probably very slim. And that's why his alliance thought he was a moron for this being his target. Yeah. Cause essentially it's a, Another playing scared move when maybe it's time to stop playing scared, but don't tell that to the members of the committee because that's just the mantra. Play scared until we have they to take each other their out. Money. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Best man win. I'm still getting the same amount of money. <sighs> anyway, um, this is really like a sad pod. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been getting like progressively like darker. <laughs> um, it, it's not the easiest to pod about a show that like is not good currently i i've had people tell me like oh we're only watching because like the pod's going on i've had people tell me we stopped watching we listened to the pod just to get like the summary of what's going on i and i appreciate yeah all i of appreciate you. <laughs> all of you guys um yeah it, it kind of speaks to the state of what's going on um so anyway we get into the pov and we obviously have devon kevin and memphis up there tyler gets chosen and then we have two house guests choice for the nominees, Davon and Kevin. And Davon chooses Nicole. Uh, at first, I thought she was probably going with like the weak player angle, mm-hmm. but she still, you know, Nicole still has her hook, line, and sinker, um, and convincing her that she didn't turn the boat last week. And David, in fact, did. Nicole was straight with her the entire time, et cetera, et cetera. And Kevin brings in Danny for. Similar reasons, thinking this is how we can get I, I votes think, or how we can get a I don't use. remember what context. I think 
Devon said it to Kevin earlier in the episode of like we get choices, Danny and Nicole. I don't know why she said that, but this was pre-planned on their part. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely pre-planned on their part. Um, right after and this is not on the run now because I just couldn't. Um, it was <laughs> it was Kevin's dreams came true because he got to play with Devon. Now, okay, okay, <laughs> touching moment. Devon lied when she said that she watched his season and knew they would be best friends. Um, maybe, but then in her speech before eviction, names out season one, the first house guest, Cassandra, season three, Danielle Reyes. She she maybe she knows her history. I don't it's very possible. If you live in this big brother world, you better believe I'd be catching up on all those old seasons with a lot more urgency than we feel doing it now. Okay. Fine. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <laughs> um, because when she said that, it was like, you did not need to respond with that. Because I just thought there, there's no way. I mean, it's not that crazy. Like, I would watch a show from, well, that's like 2010. It's really not that long ago. He was BB10. That was 12 years ago. Okay. Oh, wait. But yeah. anyway, I mean, it's still not in, that in, crazy. In oh wait, I was in like fifth grade. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I was in high school. Anyway, um, yeah, may- maybe maybe you're right, but um, just found that to be kind of cringy. <laughs> oh, it was. It was, totally. Um, so, yeah, they get their choices, and they were good choices because, one, they did not know this at the time, but Memphis's plan was, hey, everyone get in this room. If you're playing in this veto, you're going to throw it to either me, Davon, or Kevin, and the veto's going to get you so I can backdoor David, the biggest threat in this house. And everyone's on board with that, except for one person, and that's that's Tyler. Um, <laughs> you can't tell me what to do. I I'm not the impression one, but like that's my Tyler impression, just like me 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 me. We need we need Brendan for Tyler, but um, at first I thought he was being somewhat ridiculous here, like maybe just go with what Memphis wants for the sake of your alliance, but and and we'll talk about this more a little a little bit later. Maybe there was something to it, um, but the, the the key thing here is the way Memphis handles his alliance and handles power. Yeah, um, I remember last season we talked a lot about like HOH syndrome, and it's very clear for Memphis and for Christmas. I would say, yeah, to Memphis definitely didn't have any Christmas. Maybe had one in her season. It might have been like one of the last ones. Didn't have any what HOHs? Oh. Yeah, I don't remember. I know that Memphis didn't have it. Yeah, but. so, yeah, if you're not used to the power and, like, the responsibility that comes with that, then you're you're bound to act like a, a jackass. Or you're Memphis and this is how you act in real life, which is what I'm apt to believe. Yes. Um, Getting into the POV, I liked the labyrinth setup. I love when they do mazes. Um, Actually, wait, should we talk about Zingbot first? Uh, I have or do you want to talk I have about it after? after on okay, here? let's talk about yeah. it after. Um. I knew immediately that Devon was going to lose when she found the animal, took a mental note of where it was, and didn't take it with her. Yeah, exact same thought I had watching it. Um, precious seconds. Like, There's no way this is going to be like, you have your sweet old time for this one. And unfortunately, she had the least urgency of everyone. Yeah. It, it kind of it is similar to, um, what was that one where they like went upstairs and had to like balance the trays? Yeah, and Nowhere she thought near she enough urgency. Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I feel like that's one of maybe one of the only reasons she doesn't excel more as a 
competitor. Because I don't feel like execution-wise, she's horrible, but like she just doesn't she, do things quick enough. Well, actually, it would also explain why she won the micro-brew one, because she's careful. Great point. Um, And Big Brother does not favor the tortoise. No, it really doesn't. And, and we've talked about this a couple times. I don't think that um, they've done a great job balancing the competitions this year to play to different skill sets. It's been very easy for the stronger, more dominant men to just run through this game. Mm-hmm. So, go for. It. And the only other sort of offset to that is, hey, do this endurance comp that favors very small people. Yeah, and, um, and if you if you fall somewhere in between, you're kind of screwed. When it comes to the POV, uh, the only other note I had was it seemed like Danny was the only one who used the strategy, didn't even open the gate. Thank just you. Just threw it over. The I, whole time, that I'm like, wouldn't have I'm like, occurred what to me, you, I don't think. Oh, no, no. I was like, why are, you, why are they taking the time to... Like, are these things that big? Can they not fit in there? Because and it's be honest, obvious to me. I I actually laughed when Nicole, like, threw the one in and then was like, well, that wasn't nice, and then, like, went and fixed it. You've got to be kidding me. Like, I mean, as a competitor, that's horrible, but I thought that was, like, funny. You know what's annoying Stock about that? Stock up Nicole so that we can bring it down later. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What's annoying to me about that in, in, is that maybe that is actually who she is and it's not all contrived. Yeah. So now every every bit of resentment I've built towards her has like that little bit of doubt. Like uh, maybe she is actually mainly genuine and like a nice ditzy girl. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know I'll, about that. but But I'm so jaded with her that I'm like, oh, she did that for the camera. Well, she just does so, like, many contrived things that, like, get outed as contrived that yeah. you can't give her the benefit there. I don't think we touched on this at all, and I just want to touch on it very briefly because part of the reason I'm so – I have so much venom towards towards um, Snake Cole is that video that came out showing Nicole essentially rehearsing her reactions to voting out Ian. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of that? I was okay. I couldn't, now, be- I I couldn't believe how bad it was because it looked horrible. She was talking to alliance members that knew that she was going to vote out Tyler. It struck me kind of like when you come across the like, uh, like a uh, alt right conspiracy video that like lays out all the evidence. That video struck me a little bit like that, like it was like propaganda against Nicole. Interesting. That's a great um, point. I, I did not think about it that way, but maybe that's why it's such an easy trap to yeah. fall into. <laughs> um, but ultimately, they did catch on camera, like her her rehearsing how she was going to deliver the vote. I thought that was the worst part. Not not just the fact that she knew like she was going to do it, and that she had to like consciously think of like how to act. It was the fact that she was rehearsing what she was going to say to Julie. Because yeah. that's completely playing to the live nature of it. 100%. And also, I mean, Kevin kind of put this piece together in Thursday's episode. Well, if she knew it was going to be a tie, why was she crying so much? Correct. Yeah. Very obvious things that when you think about them for a second, kind of illuminate the big picture for you. Now, I don't think they've been as obvious about it this season, but I've always said that if you are. In the house, you need to pay attention to the order in which people are asked into the diary room to vote on eviction night 
because it tells you so much. It tells you who the deciding votes are at the end. I agree, but that aspect has kind of been eliminated ever since the unanimous nature has been brought into the game. Very, very true. Um, all right, so we're still talking about the POV competition, but we should probably talk about one more thing that occurred before it in the house guest choice. Uh, and what we talked about what happened in that Danny and Kevin chose, or, uh, sorry, Kevin and Devon chose Danny and Nicole, but I did not think about this at first. The message that that, that sent to the rest of the house kind of sent the house for, in a bit of a tailspin for, for the rest of the week. Yeah. Um, it outed that those two must have deals with Kevin and Davon, which the one disappointing thing about Davon's game is that she was always falling into the traps of unintentionally showing her cards. Yes. And basically that pick, I think actually ensured that, uh, David would not be backdoored ultimately. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I feel bad for, for Davon because while she tried to, and I think she did a relatively good job of trying to be as thoughtful and like pragmatic through this game as she could. So many times she was just on the wrong side of really savvy gameplay that always ended up just backing her into a corner where she had no no real choice in. There was no good choice for her, really. You know what yeah. I mean? So uh, this is just I another mean, one of those things. She was like a pretty good quarterback this season that was just on a bad team and she couldn't be perfect each game. So is she like I, Matt Stafford? Yes, yes. Uh, just like Kevin is dropping it in the end zone all the time. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, can you imagine if Kevin was your wide receiver? Oh, well actually, you're going 2 and 14. You know what? I'm sure he he might not have the best hand-eye coordination, but as I I think I said it on the pod once, apparently sneaky athletic. It's not the athleticism that bothers me, because I think you're probably right. Uh, I'm more thinking if if you that's like your alpha dog. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just I don't think he has a winning mentality. You don't think Kevin would be uh, the next Megatron? Not quite. Maybe like a <laughs> Minitron. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, quick uh, sports aside, keep it going. Megatron, one of the forgotten guys. Oh, totally. Like he, he was such he was a big deal like 10 years ago. He was and very quiet. Once he retired, no one talked about him again, ever. Well, if you think about it, all we do is talk about the loud wide receivers that basically made sure you knew how good they were. And as a result, we still know how good they were 20 years later. That's true. <laughs> so maybe there's something to it. They, yeah, that's true. They get vilified at the time, but it, it ends up being Have you heard wild. about this Jerry Rice guy? Well, but yeah, no one really talks about him, though. No one talks about him. No one talks about Calvin Johnson. No one talks about Andre Johnson. I think I think plenty of people talk about Jerry Rice. As, as the guy who holds the record? Yeah, they who do Who talks that. about how excellent he was and how dominant he was? No one does. He does. He'll tell on uh, like Congratulations. Get him in a room. He'll tell you. Yeah, I, I suppose, but. Um, okay, moving on to the Big Brother pod. <laughs> um, Tyler won POV. Yes, he did. I say that Tyler with uncertainty. Crucial. Um, yeah, it was basically him versus Memphis in the end. Of course, the two nominees get the worst scores because that's how this season works. Well, because if you're you're 
continually nominating the people who deserve to be getting the worst scores is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Uh, something that I've always thought that, you know, a big brother player needs to approach with caution, the, I, I won't throw a veto. Uh, if you have the goods to back it up like Tyler, it is clearly the superior strategy to not throw. Yes, I agree. So um, just, I thought that was interesting. I mean, that this guy like almost annoyingly is like, I'm going to play every single time and going to play to win. And then he just does. I've thought about it so many times now that like maybe if I was in the competitions, I would just go for it every time because I almost think of it like you can't just like expect to be able to turn it on at some point. Yeah, that's a great point. Like you have to, I'm sure nerves get going. You are on TV doing all these competitions. You also think as the season goes on, that would probably go away to some extent. But you got to know like how to behave in a competition. You can't, you can't be rock star. <laughs> Cue Brennan going rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you, you can't be rock star, and that's just that's a general, you know, piece of advice to live by. You can't be rock star. Yeah. Um, so anyway, after our nineteenth sidetrack of the episode, and I'm going to do it again. I just thought of the lyric, oh, we could have done this as her goodbye message. Are we human or are we rock star? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would have been great. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. I really wish that 2018 version of us could have figured that one out. Yes. That that was before the song started coming in. Yeah, exactly. Before (laughs) Brennan got got a little bit hot with those. Yeah. Um, All right. So. Now we get to the first returning house guest, Zingbot. Um, just a classic. Or- Tiger Zing, classic Zingbot, bringing in like <laughs> popular culture. Uh, what we don't know Zingbot's gender, so I guess we'll, I'll say like it. them, it, what, whatever. Bringing in like the pop culture reference that is in fact three months old because like that's what these people know, yeah. so they have to do it. And they all react like, oh, how funny, even though, like, I think we all on the mainland here just hate Tiger King. Oh, that needs to go, it, that needed to go away during week two of Tiger King. Yeah. Uh, I, I refuse to watch it. I'll never watch it. Same. So, uh, yes, Tiger Zing brought the heat, though. Mm-hmm. Big time. I would say um, not, like, the strongest uh, z- zings all the way through. But the top level ones were some of the best ever. There's always a few duds, and they always make sure to they hit the people that everyone hates. True, that's a great point. Um, yeah, like the Kevin boring. I mean, come on. Or that's like, lame. oh, David doesn't deserve to be an all star. Like we all had a good laugh about that already. <laughs> yeah. Um, but which one was your favorite? Um, favorite. I mean, Nicole's was the most mean. It was perfectly mean-spirited. It was great. (laughs) Um, And we have not been advocating for kindness this season. Well, no. In a way, there's almost been too much like beating around the bush in that house. Like, no. Everyone is. And who said it? Was it Jill and Kaser who were like, it's like too friendly and nice in there? Yeah. There's a little bit of that. And the only sort of friction that anyone's getting is like, hey, you're in the diary room right now. Why did you call? Why did you make fun of Ian for being autistic? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the only adversity they're dealing with. Yeah. So I, I, I like this. Um, and then, okay. The other good ones were Memphis and Christmas. I oh, think I liked Christmases more than Christmas Memphis. Christmas was great. But, but I mean, Memphis is a big number too. So I agree. Um, Classic Zingbot. See you next year. I think I have two more points. One, the edit of Christmas when she shifted her neck and they edited in like the neck cracking. Awesome. Absolutely perfect. You know, the more I think about it, maybe the reason my opinion of her was inflated was because I literally cannot help but giggle every time they that she gets referenced and the jingle bells go off. I it's like Pavlov's off from like <laughs> every single time. So maybe that's part of why I liked her a lot more coming into the season. And I got this from the Hamster Watch account. Um the Cody being dumb joke, this also could have gone towards Christmas because Christmas said it to him. A quote I saw Christmas said was she called Kaser very self defecating and Cody just agreed. Oh totally. <laughs> If you had to to guess of the remaining house guests, how many are left? Like ten. Yeah. How many are would be like above average IQ wise? Um, I'm not sure if they'd be able to keep up with us on the grammar pod. Very few, if any. I think Devon's on the high end. I think, unfortunately, Memphis is on the high end. Me too. And he like. He knows it so much, and that's why he, we hate him, because he thinks he's much smarter than he is, but he's smart enough to not constantly get egg on his face. Correct. Um, I actually think Cody is on the high end, I to don't. be honest. I don't. I think really? He, I, I think he's a Derek clone. He got carried. If I, well, he, okay, We're not going to get into this. We're gonna, I'm not going to talk out of my behind again about <laughs> how Cody played his season, because frankly, I don't remember. But um, I don't know. I. I don't think he's that intelligent, but he has realized that he can get far in this game by removing all risk. I mean, that's something. Yeah. And I... Tyler? Tyler, Tyler's a difficult one because I would have said he's like a genius at the end of BB20, and that's no longer the case. But yeah, fine. I'll give him the IQ points. And Danny, I think, has the IQ points, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, IQ points are obviously different than like who's a good Big Brother player, but I just thought that was interesting. I don't think it's an incredibly, for All-Stars, an incredibly smart bunch. Yes, I agree. But the people who are smart, you've continue, continually seen them flex those muscles. And the, the best instance being Danny framing David, which was just, just so savvy and diabolical because of how brilliant it was. She has been good this season where she sees... Every one of those weaknesses where she can, like, turn someone against another person. Correct. And I don't say diabolical because it was some crazy, contrived, made-up plan. I say diabolical because it was just so simply, like, I'm, I'm, come, I'm having a hard time coming up with the right word. But, like, it was just so simply devastating to, to David. Mm -hmm. And it was just taking, like, one thing he said. That's all it took. Yep. Uh, anyway, we are post POV, P post POV and Memphis is still saying to Tyler, Hey, you're going to, you're going to make it so I can backdoor David, right? Well, not so fast. Yeah. 
you Tyler talk has his case to make. Yeah, you want to talk through what Tyler's t- thinking? Um, basically, Tyler actually made a really great point. He's thinking for himself, ultimately, if he thinks David would be a number for him. But the case he made is, why did they pick Nicole and Danny? And also, why did I end up on the block and Devon didn't when the twist came in? And then Memphis was like, oh shit, you're right. So that is what I was alluding to earlier with Memphis's tunnel vision. He's, he's sitting there so wrapped up in being Memphis and being smart, and I have this plan from Dan, and it's going to be so cool, and we're going to have the same name. It's going to be awesome. And it's almost like he's not noticing like what's going on around him. Now, when Tyler pointed this out, I'm thinking to myself, oh, great observation. That didn't occur to me right away. But also, I'm watching this for three hours a week. I, if I was living in the house, I think that would jump out and smack you in the face. You'd, you'd immediately be like, wait, wait, wait. Something's off there. Yeah. So the fact that Tyler tells us to Memphis and Memphis is like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Is a little bit concerning for Memphis's overall awareness. Now, he was smart enough to roll with it and understand that that was something worth worth talking about and, and thinking about. But how do you not sort of see that immediately? I don't know. And I think you can only attribute it to... I mean, Kaser thought Memphis had his head in the sand. Not as much as Kaser thought, but I think there's a little bit of a him just having blinders on. Yeah, whether it's blinders or just like willful ignorance, because he does, he feels like he doesn't need to even worry about that stuff because he's so far ahead of everyone. That gets mm-hmm. back to the narcissism point. Um, so Tyler ends up being very convincing here. I thought this was a very redeeming play for Tyler. We've been down on him the last couple of weeks, and I think well, I don't. I mean, Devon goes home because of this move. Redeeming in terms of, well, it, it's a foregone conclusion that no one stands a chance, and Devon stood no chance. I Obviously, I want Devon in this house, but the who it ended up hurting is not redeeming. The fact that Tyler is back playing the game is something I like to see because I like Tyler, the game player, most of the time. I did. Um, no one in the commission has any goodwill with me at all. Not even Tyler. I tried to hold on to Tyler for as long as I could. After he bungled the Bailey and Devon situation, it's over. I'm over it. I'm still gonna. I still have a little bit of stock there. Uh, I think he's here for the long haul, and I I have something I want to mention about that later. But um, we get to the POV ceremony, and with the sign off of um, you know, Commissioner Memphis, he does not use the POV on either Devon or Tyler. Or uh, on, or Kevin, despite Davon's impassioned speech. Yes, they showed the speeches this time, and I was kind of bummed when Davon gave that speech because I was listening to it thinking, "Oh, she just sent herself home." There was a little bit of a chance, and once that speech was given, zero chance. Yeah, and we're gonna keep talking about this. It's another case of Davon was clearly trying to reel herself in this year. I think there were some strengths to that. But she starts talking about it on Thursday's episode. She lost herself in the in the midst of it. I wish that she was able to figure out the points in the game where having some of her fire and her natural, you know, like, you know, sticking up for herself type personality, where that would have been advantageous and use them then mm-hmm. and then played the more quiet, you know, mellow role when that suited her. Unfortunately, I don't think you can be all one or all the other. And she kind of 
kept falling into traps of, oh, I was quiet here and, you know, it didn't behoove me. And now all of a sudden I'm pissed. And now you reacted way too late to that and you look that much worse. Yeah. And also, especially like given the recent events of the game, she has been quiet at the wrong times, unfortunately, and then loud at the wrong times because like, from what I heard, the David and her stuff got pretty messy. And, yeah, you were saying that. And uh, now I'm sure she regrets it knowing what's happening. And anything that gets said, I mean, these two like quite literally have like the weight of the world on their shoulders, at least in their perception in the house. For sure. So, and the fact that like Nicole and Danny like willfully manipulated that, I know it's a good game move, but I don't know. I, I do think some things take precedence over the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's not even just optics. Like, it's it's pretty mean-spirited in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I feel bad for both Davon and David because they were played against each other. Um, and, and Davon talks about how it's not even just game. You can understand when it's game. The game aspect is actually pretty great in terms of, like, it's a smart move. Yeah. Um, In general, for whoever it might be. But then you take the personal aspect into it, and all of a sudden, you know, you've put her in a really bad spot, which is, which is unfortunate. And with everything, you know, the, with the odds that were against her, Davon had to play a reactionary game, and I don't think that really was the best thing for her. It made it so everything was kind of disjointed, and she was trying to react to things, you know, sometimes way too late. And when she was trying to be proactive on stuff, it was the wrong stuff. And it was often reacting without all of the info. Correct. And and there was no real way for her to, to know it was not all the info, which yeah. is unfortunate. Um, So we get into Thursday's episode. Uh, you can probably tell by the, the tone of what we're talking about, how this one, how this one goes. Yeah, our, our tone has, like, gone down a few octaves. Yeah, it's very as fatalistic. We to, uh, as we get to Thursday. Yeah. So Danny and Nicole still wanted Davon to stay because she was a vote for them, basically. They had her right where they wanted her, uh, right or wrong. And, you know, we can talk about this. What, what do you think their their plan was here? Now, it's obviously good to have someone who's not in your core alliance that you feel good with. But they really wanted to go to bat for her, um, which I find interesting because – they didn't do it last week when it would have actually made some sense to do do so by keeping Ian and all of a sudden maybe you have something. Yeah. What's their thought process here? Now, I got mad during the episode because we're talking about like there has to be some personal precedence over the game. Danny and her diary room is like, well, she wants to keep Devon around to basically just be a tool for her game. No, nothing about like oh I like Davon. It's oh she can be a number for me and she can do my dirty work. It's like yeah, oh, screw you, Danny. No, I agree, and and it it doesn't really sit well with you. But why? Why is this? Is this the one where it's like oh I'm we're gonna stick our necks out potentially and and do it for Davon? I don't know. It, it, is that role that she would play for for Danny, let's say, that important to her, or did she foresee some sort of like you know parlaying this into something bigger? To to have the full conversation about this, can we just bring in the votes? The fact that Davon was evicted, 
five to two. Yeah, because it, that that's what that's where I'm coming from. That's why I'm okay. saying why why did they go to bat here? Um, we got a glimpse of Danny and Cody having a tense conversation uh, when the show did its like outro thing where it just kind of like eavesdrops on the house guests and they were having a tense conversation i'm wondering if they got played it's very possible they were they're referencing some sort of a discussion earlier in the day that didn't seem to go well yeah um yeah i'm assuming this is something that we're gonna get like at the beginning of the sunday episode along with the hoh very interested to see because Mm -hmm. Who's doing the playing? Who or who? Christmas? Is it Christmas? I think it might be Christmas. Did Christmas come early? I mean, that's crazy. Um, I I don't normally think of her as that type of manipulative player, but this episode actually made me start to question that a bit. Christmas exemplified for me this episode. Um, she is the type of like, I heard this quote and it's like, if you want the tallest building in the city, you could build the tallest building or knock all the others down. Christmas is the knock all the others down type. Like and that. she just wants to like talk behind everyone's back and just backstab Danny and Nicole and get them out of the picture. And she's in good with the guys rather than like teaming up with Danny and Nicole and being like, well, the guys think they're running the show because I mean, right now they are. Um, she would just rather be in tight with the guys and it's annoying because her her sort of general disposition and because she thought that way to begin with is being rewarded and we see that in the formation of some alliances we start we actually finally start seeing some some game moves for down the line it's not just hey let's get to the committee the committee to the final six and let's make really head in the sand game moves to get there now are you versed in Goodfellas? No, unfortunately. I'm because not. I'm pretty sure Memphis watched it 10 times before coming to the Big Brother house. And even the name, The Wise Guys, that's the name of the book that Goodfellas is based on. Nice. And he's just been going full like mob this whole time with People the talk commission. Too much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's he, the point. I, I as well went on a mob movie run during like the heat of quarantine. I'm not sure if I would have taken it as much to heart as he has, but it has clearly stuck with him. Did you watch Heat? I did not watch Heat. I didn't know if you I a major blind spot for me was the Godfather movies. I saw all three and uh they were pretty great. Good movies. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I endorsed the Godfather movies. Hot take. Um so yeah, getting back on track a little bit, it's not totally clear what's going on with Danny and Nicole um, in the vote at the end, in the lead up in the episode. Uh, but I guess we'll see. Um, I did start to talk about some of these. Uh, yeah, we should we should Memphis. continue on this. This is important on this run. So Memphis's plan: he goes to Enzo, is like, "Look, we're gonna have to make a plan here. We're gonna be the only two. We're going to start two, three person alliances. We're the common ground in both of them. We're going to name them both the same thing. And then we're going to have four people on our side, but only be loyal to each other. Is that essentially the gist of it? Correct. Yeah. Love the idea. 
It's and it, it, it's simple. And what I will give Memphis is he has the ability to make something sound cool and like sell it. Uh, because I was like, ooh, ooh, cool idea. Just like I was fascinated by the tiered system of the committee and the commission. I was like, oh, wow, there's like different levels in this. Kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're going to use telephone method. Um, it, it, it sounds like something that Dan might come up with. Yeah. Um, Only now Memphis does this and he picks Enzo because he thinks he could be Enzo. This goes back to what I was saying. Memphis is too unlikable. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the lack of self-awareness is incredible. I actually, like, I'm not sure if he could end up next to anyone and win. Because literally, the amount of times we've seen this season, he walks out of a room and just everyone rolls their eyes. They oh, hate yeah. him. They hate him. Yeah. And I was thinking before he said that, that, oh, we've been thinking of Enzo as the seventh guy all year. And... We even think he'll survive that first round of cuts. He'll probably be there after Danny and Nicole get cut. He'll probably be there after, I don't know, Tyler goes or whatever. He'll be four. But he's always like that that odd, that that fourth or that seventh wheel. And I thought that Memphis might be targeting him for that reason, where it's like, okay, well, this guy's won some stuff. If he gets wise to this, wise guys, if he gets wise to this, um, you know, I don't want to take that shot. So that I thought that's what, what the angle he was going, but it's just so perfectly Memphis that it was. Oh well, I'm, I'm clearly head and shoulders better than this guy when it comes down to votes at the end. I love that. Yeah, and so the two people that they reach out to are Cody, obvious choice. I assume they have more loyalty to Cody in in these two versions of the Wise Guys, and um, the second one was Christmas. They tell her the name. She reacted, oh, I'm not a guy. I'm I'm of the mindset of guy and guys, gender neutral term. Yeah. I've been converted on that mindset. Like, I guess when I was younger, guy meant men. But now everyone just says guys. And it's just gender neutral. G- guys is in plural form, for sure, has always been pretty gender, gender neutral. But I don't know if it, where that stands now, if that's like like the preferred way or not but um yeah i was surprised she reacted that way but when we watch and cody gets picked first i'm like oh well that means it's none of the girls it's not danny it's not christmas it's not nicole very surprised to see christmas um what i did like here was you know whether knowingly or not the the one with cody was a basically just an expansion of two existing things the commission and and the root and loved that and I don't know if he knew this, but it was a nice little expansion on the Christmas side of the relationship that Enzo and Christmas had been building. So yes. really natural fit here. Now, how do we think these two trios stand up against the trio of Enzo, Cody, and Tyler? Because I don't think they have a shot. I think Enzo, Cody, and Tyler are the winners is what I'm saying. If Tyler can um, sort of survive the shots, I think he's going to be the first to take. Then, yes, that is the prevailing alliance not he he's put himself out there a bit too much and i think he will be in a position that he's gonna be one of the first targets once kevin's gone once david's gone once we're we're down to what they ultimately wanted um so we'll see but if if all all things being equal and he he were to get down to final three tyler that is that's the best alliance yeah um so yeah, interesting new alliances. We're seeing some end game play here. Uh, 
even more end game play is Christmas getting a bit more savvy than I think we ever expected. Yeah. Uh, I was a little bit, a little bit impressed here and the way she brought it to Memphis, I don't think was the best selling job. You know, let's commit, let's tell David he's final eight with us. We'll protect him until then. Now final eight, like you could have told me that whoever got evicted tonight made it final. eight. <laughs> I assume it's now final nine, but it's like final 10 right now. Is it really? I think so. Yeah. Oh my God. We have that many people left. Yeah. We're going to knock out three next week. That's good. Um, and then all of a sudden from like six, seven to like four, I should say seven to five is two weeks, but then five to two is a week. Basically it's like a week and a half. So we're moving. Um, but anyway, um, oh, I lost my train of thought on it. Uh, Christmas, talking to David. Um, she did not give Memphis the best pitch, but he was just kind of like, yeah, do whatever. She uh, talked about like dominating a room. I mean, her her meeting with David was basically as well executed as it can go. Yeah, I mean, she bulldozed him, but David's very willing to be bulldozed, I think. It it wasn't even a complete bulldozing because it's like, here, I am going to give you this info that is very meaningful to you and to like build some trust. I know that Nicole uh, didn't vote for Ian to stay. And then it, all he wanted was someone to believe him. All he needed was that validation. Yeah. It's like the, the boy who cried wolf. Someone's like, oh, yeah, I saw that wolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you. Yes. It was, it was a wolf, right? Was it a dog? <laughs> um, but guys, I th- I think I would know what a dog looks like. Yeah, exactly. Uh yeah, really savvy here because she really just appealed to really his weakness in that moment. Uh and I think it might it might pay off for her um if somehow David ends up with power. It was a it basically another way of doing what Danny was trying to do with Devon, but she did it in a way that was very efficient and like didn't as explicitly tie her to David in the same way that Danny tied herself to Devon. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's something. But I don't think there's a big risk uh, of keeping him around for a couple more weeks because you know you can get rid of him. Yeah. Well, uh, we then get into the eviction. Five to two, like you said, Devon goes home. Uh, very sad day for us. And I think I just want to talk about before we get to our goodbye messages, or should I say a requiem for Devon. Um, just want to talk about the goodbye messages here. First time I've actually cared. The goodbye messages on the show. Yes. Um, not only does, well, let's go with the, the, the main attraction. Nicole basically says, Hey, yeah, I lied to you. <laughs> it's, What'd you think of that? Do you think that was the right move by Nicole right now? I was thinking the whole episode that I thought that was going to happen because I really did think that Nicole couldn't hold it in any longer. Um, I don't think she even deserves Devon's forgiveness. Um, I don't think Devon will be giving her $500,000 again. And... I don't know. I guess like better to come clean now than like have Davon watch it or something or have people like compare notes in the jury house. But I don't know. Uh, Davon obviously felt jilted as she should. 
Yeah, I feel bad that for whatever reason, Davon did not feel a sense of urgency to further investigate with Nicole right after the vote, uh, or or really just question it more than she did in general, because the time to find out would have been at the beginning. Instead, she let it sit, and basically when she already had her back against the wall, then pushed the envelope, and then you know Nicole lied to her again. Now all of a sudden it's personal, and. And I can't blame her for seeing it that way because it really put her in a bad spot with David. And I don't know if she would defend some of her actions with David or what she might have said, but I just feel bad it got to that point. Yes. Um, only other little point I have here with goodbye messages is I'm I'm proud of my boy Tyler. Well, he's doing this with everyone. He's, he, he's but he's the only one thinking this far ahead, and it is so clearly going to work for him. Uh I think as long as his gameplay continues to be impressive, which I think it would be relatively impressive if he got down to the final two. You win over Ian. I I'm, think he could win over Davon, w- with the exception of maybe like one or two people that he would be sitting up there with. Yeah. So he's kind. Of, he's maybe stacking the jury, which is a really nice play. This is the first season, though, that I'm advocating for what Ian has implied and what Davon implied in her eviction speech. I'm I'm for the petty votes this year because typically I'm all about best gameplay has to win. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to definitively say like who's played the best game by the end of this. How about like who was the least amount of jackass? And maybe if, if it is, you know, comparable levels of play, that makes sense. But they said that when they were still in the house and, for Devon, it's when she's giving her eviction speech. For Ian, it's when he's up in the HOH room with Danny and realizes he's in a bad spot. He basically throws it all on her and says how stupid she is to do that. But then when they get out there, and maybe it's just because you're on live TV and you can't react too much, they talk about how much they respect game moves. Mm-hmm. So call me crazy, I read that as like, oh, well, I'll probably vote game-wise. I don't know. I think – I don't know if – Devon had a direct target in her speech. I think it definitely goes at someone like Tyler or not Tyler, Cody, who's the king of the like I just I just don't know what's really going on right now. Because like she basically did that exact quote. Um and I don't necessarily mind if it bodes poorly for Cody. <laughs> Fair point. Uh so now let's get to our requiem. So this is a bit of a different goodbye message but we felt like we just kind of had to talk about how there's just no one left to root for like i i'm rooting for david now that davon is gone yeah it's it's not even just a requiem for davon although i think we've really touched on a lot of the things that we're upset about with her leaving this season as you all know one of my absolute favorites i pretty much cried when she came into the house um but it's really a a a requiem for the season we we've known the season is is going downhill fast but now it's official it's truly a disaster and in like in some ways it, it almost hurts more than a season like bb21 which was just like littered with controversy we for entertainment purposes can at least like separate some of the stuff and there was like some funny drama and like some cool game moves. This Christy season, made coffee. Christy made coffee. This season is just so painfully 
boring that it's offensive. <laughs> yeah, it's offensive, and then when things are offensive, there's there's no sort of relief. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we're gonna miss Devon. She was our one one little uh, glimmer of hope. But um, I don't know, maybe we'll see her again in the future. I mean, I'm all for it. So am I. I feel like she may someday challenge Janelle's four-time player. I think, I think that should be her goal. I don't. I don't know if she has a ton of other stuff going on outside of the house, really. Because not sure. I mean, Zingbot even brought up the fact that like she's just made her reality TV run. I'm fine with that. It's been a solid run. Yeah. Um. Well, we'll miss you, uh, Devon, and we will also miss. Uh, the enjoyment that you brought to this season because Lord knows we are severely lacking enjoyment going forward. Here, here. All right, so now we'll do a quick stock up, stock down. I didn't even think this one out before. I didn't even know we were doing it today. Well, you know, we do one episode a week now, so. <laughs> True. Didn't occur to me. Uh, I'll go stock up for Enzo just because he didn't offend me. Uh, yeah, and. Also, he's kind of like a stock up of the less you hear his voice, like you think you'd like him more. And yeah. I, I don't I don't even fully dislike Enzo, but his shtick getting old on top of all of the other bad stuff is why I'm negative on him. Well, and we figured out that his full name was actually uh Vincenzo Yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's something we didn't know. We're we're learning more about, about the character behind the Meow Meow. So stock up. And he um, also is in two final three alliances all of a sudden. Yeah. Three? Four? How many final threes is he in? At least three. I can okay, I can get behind the stock up for Vincenzo. Um I'm not sure if I have any other stock up besides like Devon's way up. She's challenging Janelle on that on that daily poll now. Yeah, I, I forget that we can include Evicted Houseguest. Yeah, that's obvious. I personally think um Devon should beat Janelle. I love Janelle, but like, uh, let's be real here. Devon should win. Agreed. Um, 100%. And I don't think anyone left will be challenging her unless like David really goes on a run. You think David is like, um, what's the Wizard of Oz character that doesn't have a brain? Um, The Tin Man doesn't have a heart. The Scarecrow? The Scarecrow. If I, yeah, if he finds a brain and the Wizard of Oz shows up. Oh! Uh, 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 Doctor Will, Doctor Will, the the Wizard of Will, the Wizard of Will. Yeah, maybe he'll grant him a brain, and we will all of a sudden really like. He David could at least gameplay. give him some uh, facial surgery if he ever wants it. Clearly, uh, <laughs> Doctor Will has Yikes. had plenty. <laughs> Yikes! You know, a guy like that was he like he was good looking to begin with. What What are you doing? I don't know. I he looked. Speaking of Goodfellas. I actually don't know if a Ray Liotta has to have had work because he's totally. the, he's the creepy Chantix guy. Chantix. I mean, Doctor Will looks like he should be giving creepy Chantix commercials. <laughs> I agree. What, <laughs> when we were watching, our mom said, "Oh, he's wearing makeup." And at first, I was like, "Well, I thought I thought it was just like a facelift." But now, was he was it a facelift and makeup? Is that what it might so have shiny? been both? I mean, it it did look like his face might have been caked. Um. But I don't know. We we need to get some zoom ins on him. Do we think he's actually living in that house? For sure not. Um, but is he maintaining quarantine? Is that why the house guests were not allowed to see him in the backyard? Maybe he has not quarantined. He's just in and out. That might be true. Um, and then also, 
his whole shtick is going to be choosing power or money in competitions. A power but what app. is he going to do? He has to like shake these guys up in some way. Although we're beyond the point of true shakeup because now we're we're actually going to get to the point where they have to take shots at each other. So what what shaking is there to do? It's a great point. Um, this actually reminds me of something that I wanted to harp on earlier. And you advocated for something similar very early in the season when you realized that things might be going downhill. How in the hell did the Big Brother producers decide that the way to fix this season and get things back on track was to put three relatively benign powers into the house, two of which didn't even get played because people are so scared to make a move. And they've completely forgotten about America's vote. America is a 17th player. America could literally have even the scales here. I understand if you don't want to do it with pre-jury players. America needed to save Devon this week. <laughs> we... I don't know why America's vote didn't dawn on me either. I just kind of assumed it was going to happen at some point, and I forgot it's a that given. it didn't. It's a given. So yeah. now you want me to vote for Memphis to win some stupid thing later, some stupid power? Yeah, this is this is a crime. This is a crime against Big Brother viewers. Yeah. Um, so it just occurred to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's missing. And it would have been more welcome than I frankly feel like it ever would have been. Uh, I believe I was advocating for some sort of idea along the lines of America's vote that took Janelle from the block to HOH. Um, yeah. That would have been great. That would have been great. Could have really helped the season. And also, I don't think there's been any real twists. Expect the Unexpected has been like retired as a big brother saying. Yes. What was, what's been the twist? Um, There was a basement. They also have a penthouse. Cool. Um, <laughs> I think the safety suite was, it was cool for a week, like, cause we got all hyped when Janelle and Kaser used it. Um, but then it quickly became not cool. Yeah. I, for, I forgot about the safety suite. Oh my goodness. And I don't know. I get, it really was retired as a saying. Yeah. It, I mean, it's like in the first night where they're entering the house and then you see it on that commercial during NFL Sundays about all the, the cliches that get used in the big brother house. But I I don't see it anymore. You know what twist people apparently hated, but I was I was too young to be conscious. Battle of, of the block. Well, I actually I just flat out didn't like that one. Yeah, I didn't like that one very much. Um Pandora's box. People hated it. Did they really? I, I didn't mind it. But it, it was it created a lot of power, if I remember correctly. Maybe that's why I'm I, a bit too I'm much not sure I don't power. remember it. I remember just being like fascinated with the fact that there was like all of a sudden a new room. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, when you're younger, it definitely appeals to the wonder of Big Brother. I also remember it was Janelle's first season, and they realize it like right away when they get into the house of like this house is too small. But Janelle's first season was the secret room season. There you go. There was so much wonder back then. Yeah, and, and especially <laughs> me being like eight, it was amazing. <laughs> what a great time! Um, all right, let's get into Armchair Hoh. I'm sure, we have glowing reviews. I gave him Memphis a C plus. Nice, I like that. Because I can't stress enough how much I dislike him. It is clear his second time in power that everyone else dislikes him. Absolutely. And 
he did not accomplish his goal, but he didn't not accomplish his goal at the same time. Well said. It, it all like kind of just services the same thing. And lastly, he put in steps towards the future. You said everything I have. I gave him a B minus. It's very similar. Um, built two final three alliances, um, which I think is very useful. Uh, didn't actively alienate everybody in the house this time around. And, you know, even though it wasn't his plan of the, the nominations, I, I can disagree with the nominations, but basically, you know, what the nominations were at the end, Davon was the right person to go home. She was the biggest threat of the two. Kevin's just a waste. Um, so, you know, the result ends up being decent for him. A B minus. Mm-hmm. I can't argue. We're in the same range. All right. Well, let's get into whose house is it anyway, which is becoming very quickly just a reordering of four to six people. Yep. Um, my number four is Memphis for all of the reasons I just said. And he's primarily number four because he just put in all of these moves. I just don't think that anyone is loyal to him. So that's like my that. reason for him being I like number that. four. Um, I am going to do something that I don't think I've done. I definitely haven't done this season. Probably haven't done oh, since last season. Oh, last season. Okay. What? What you think I was going to do? I, I was thinking like it's the David ranking coming. <laughs> no, David ranking's not coming. It's never coming. <laughs> he would need to be in the final four in the house to make it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I have a uh, I have two house guests as my four. They're kind of tied. Oh. And it's funny because they're partially tied together. But I think they kind of get here for different reasons. Um, Christmas and Tyler. Uh, Christmas I have here because now all of a sudden she finds herself as the wise gal. And she somehow has positioned herself within the committee where she may be the last one to take the shot, to have the shot directed to her, which I think is kind of incredible. Uh I don't think they see her as expendable, so she's not going to go in that way. She's not presenting the sort of um, friction that Danny and Nicole are. And by the time Danny and Nicole are gone, everyone is going to be gunning for Cody, Tyler, or Memphis, the stronger guys in the alliance. So I think she positions just perfectly in that alliance. I actually, I think you're right, especially since I think Danny and Nicole think that she is more aligned with them than she is the guys. 100%. Yeah, so she's really sitting pretty there. Yeah. Um, and Tyler, she also he also has a final two with Christmas. So Christmas is kind of protected on all sides within that alliance, which I think is good for her, and with Enzo. So reiterating that maybe i should even have her higher i don't know <laughs> yeah um, uh, i don't even have her ranked and i'm regretting that yeah um tyler i have um in a spot because he's kind of climbing back up from a, a a rough last couple weeks um i really think he's back playing based on what he's doing with the jury based on how he basically dictated who went home this week um the sway that he clearly holds in that alliance still even though like the final threes that he's in don't include Memphis. Like Memphis put a lot of weight into what he was saying. I think he's also in a very nice spot in that. And he's still the comp beast. Uh, it, it wouldn't shock me at all if he wins HOH. For all of those reasons, Tyler is my number three. He's 
also only my number three because he's caused the waves he has. And my my final three is going to reflect the fact that I think that Cody, Enzo, and Tyler are the dominant final three that currently exists. And I think he's number three in that. Okay, I like that. Um, my number three is Cody. Um, this is as much a, reflect- a reflection of how well he's playing the game and his strength because I think it all of a sudden pulls you in the other direction with the level of threat that you, re- you represent to other people. And I think that I don't think people are going to let him get the final two. They're going to some at some point people are going to be like, "Hey, he's running the house," and people have talked about that, but no one's ever been like, "Hey, let's do something about this." I think it's going to happen at some point, and it's going to have to be from like probably going to be led by Danny. Uh, so, and actually, when I say that now, I wonder if it's even possible. <laughs> but um, I'm going to say number three there, um, and it's mainly because he'll draw one of the first shots. My number two is Enzo based on basically your case for Christmas. Cause he's also in that spot of like, who's going to take a shot at him because he's covered on all sides right now, except for Danny essentially. Um, and we don't think Danny's really going to be making any waves. At least I don't. Um, so he's only number two because I think there's a number one ahead of him. It's usually how it works. So yeah. I think that's a good assumption. My number two is Memphis. He he skated by in this in this HOH. He played it. He played it better than he did last time. Even though we do not agree with the way he goes about it by hook or by crook, it was a relatively effective week for him. Um, he has now positioned himself in a bunch of like alliances with other people in this top four and uh i think he gets taken to final two every single time because even though he sees himself as the one who is you know going to dominate in that final two with a lot of these people they understand the perception of him better than he does and know that he is destined to finish no better than he did in dance season yeah i like that actually yeah um my number one is Cody because I've been given no reason to dethrone him from number one. It's very fair. Still probably the best comp beast of the season. Still pretty much in control. Um, I trust him to win something, if not multiple things, in a triple eviction scenario. Um, So I don't... I'm sure a, a shot has to come his way. And I think he's still number one just because, like, I think he can avoid the shot. I like that. Uh, my number one's Enzo. Um, you are correct in that he has a lot of the same positives as Christmas, but I think he's just been an overall better player. He sits at a higher position in the house. Um, he's good with everybody on both sides of the house. And at some point, I think the fact that he's unencumbered by the quote-unquote committee is kind of a strength. Um, because the weight of that is, is causing, you know, waves between these people. It is leading to decisions, people making decisions that I think they might realize later are not in their best interest. And it's going to tear that apart. And all of a sudden, some of these, those people in that six are, are drawing shots that they otherwise wouldn't be. I think he's in a great spot with, with that because 
he's basically good with every member of that alliance in some capacity, and he's not going to be the one taking the heat. And also, he'll be taking Memphis to Final Two or Final Three with him, so there's one guy that I think he can beat in the, competi- in the competition to get to that Final Three spot and also in the Final Two chair. And I've just been impressed with his competition ability generally, so I feel like he's going to win things when he has to to get there. I can see it now. Enzo going to the final two, picking Christmas to go with him, and he loses. I don't think that happens. I think he would lose to Christmas. Uh, make that case for me because I don't see it. Um, I think in the jury house, they would all convince themselves that they like Christmas more than they do. And then I, I actually don't know the like gender demographics of the jury house, I think that would play a role. It's going to be more guys than girls because all the girls went out pre-jury. Will be more guys than girls. Although I don't think so much. I don't think Christmas would get Devon's vote. So, okay. Then then maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, yeah. And also just, I mean, so are you thinking about like Danny and Nicole? Yeah, I feel like they would try and lead that charge. But in general, Enzo's the most likable guy in the house probably if you're just like hanging out and i think that probably true holds a lot of weight and and i I think christmas is very low on that list yeah so i don't know just something to think about there but um it's possible they could convince themselves that christmas has played a better game i think pretty objectively enzo has but also committee allegiance Committee, yeah, so maybe that's when that circles back and becomes a factor again. Yeah, uh, so they can all get their cut. Oh, duh. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. I, I only oh, like... Oh, that could... Oh, that would ruin it. Only like me. 10% of me believes that theory, but... Enzo winning is an outcome I am very okay with. It. I also am, besides the fact that he's been aligned with people that I hate this entire time. Yeah, but sometimes you... It's a necessary evil, but I don't know. We're rambling at this point, but we'll be back. I, I'm so tired. I mean, like, yeah, you would think only two of us we'd go shorter. I mean, we're at like an hour and a half right now. Are we really? <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, an hour and a half of us lamenting um, the show that we love. <laughs> and um, can't wait to talk about three of these clowns going home next week. Yeah. I, I'm thinking these last few episodes here have to at least be interesting right oh they've got to be i mean just think how fast that moves and at least at least one member of the committee is probably going home has to yeah they really do have someone's to. taking I a mean, sh- like at least two should go home someone but... is taking a shot by thursday and maybe there's our twist quote unquote we get our, our triple are there eviction. are there even three non-committee members left technically they could go kevin david enzo I think we should discontinue the pod if that happens. I'm not gonna go just, on record with just that. Just put out but like, like a like a, a voice memo where you basically apologize to our loyal fans. But this is the end of the podcast as we are no longer fans of Big Brother All Star. We can we can table that in the scenario. We might have to have like a very uh, raw discussion. Whew. Yikes! A lot rests on this week. Yeah. All right. Good night, house guests. Thank you.